On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla sets a date that they'd like to reopen the factory. Sandy Monroe continues to provide expert analysis on the construction of the Model Y during his teardown. Good news for Model Y buyers who want to tow things and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 245 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for April 12th, 2020. To my left, a snuggled up Daisy the Boxer Puppy. I am happy to be with you here for another week of Tesla news. You know, I was I was very worried, as I think I told you on a one or two episodes back, that with the Tesla factory shut down, there wouldn't be too much to talk about. Nope, not a problem. There has been plenty to talk about, as always in the world of Tesla. And I wanted to start real quick by mentioning the new software update, 2020.12.1 introduces the dash cam viewer. I went down to my car and poked around with it because I've got the uh, I've got the 128 gig kit from uh, Pure Tesla in there. And boy, so I've got a lot of files. So I just was just poking through different files because I've got a, a few months worth in there. And it works really super well. By now, you've hopefully received the update in your car so you can see it for yourself. And if you don't already have, uh, if, you, if, if you thought, eh, you know what, sentry mode, I'm not going to bother, this might convince you to do it because it really adds a lot of nice usability to the feature. It produces a main image. Uh, of course, you, you can select from sentry clips or just saved dash cam clips, which I think is a really nice way of organizing it. And then from there, you just tap which file you want. It's They're all timestamped. And then you can see, you got the main image being, uh, it defaults to the front-facing camera, forward-facing camera. And then you can choose, there are little uh, thumbnail views in the corners, in each of the uh, four corners of the other cameras. Repeat, left repeater, right repeater, and uh, rear camera. And if you tap any of those, it'll make that the large uh, image, the large screen video. So it's really nicely done. And you, there's a nice little trash can icon. So if you don't need it, just boom, trash it, done, free up that space if you need to. So yeah, enjoy that in uh, version 2020.12.1. Again, another feature, this was not in the cars when we bought them. This was not a, this is not a thing that's advertised, at least not yet, not currently, but Tesla has added this completely for free. I love it. It's just, uh, it's just another wonderful thing about these cars. Next up, first up, I guess I should say in the world of Tesla news this week, I know I have said every week since, uh, since the, the Tesla shutdown started that my hope was to give you an, just an, uh, the usual ride the lightning hour or so of coronavirus free time. Just not have any 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 talk of the virus so that you could take your mind off of it for at least an hour while you're listening to this. But this is too cool to pass up and it is very, very much Tesla related. So you've heard about how the Tesla engineering team is working on producing ventilators, uh, which is just a fantastic way that they can use their expertise and manufacturing prowess to be able to contribute to help save lives. 
And the Tesla engineering team this week posted a phenomenal video. It did 2.2 million views on Tesla's channel in a day. I actually haven't even looked at it since. So they posted the video up and it's showing off their progress on building ventilators, get this, out of mostly or largely Model 3 parts. I would very, very much recommend that you go to Tesla's YouTube channel and watch this so you can see the visuals that go with it. But I wanted to play it for you. It's about four minutes long so you can hear from the engineers. This is really just great to hear from them and hear the explanation of it as they walk you through it as well. So take a listen to this. Hey guys, a lot of stuff going on around with the car. This is Tesla engineering. Uh, we're in the lab and we've been working on some stuff. We just wanted to share it with you. Um, we're trying to make some ventilators out of some car parts so that we can help out the medical industry without taking away from their supply. So I'm gonna give it over to Joe Mardall and uh, he's gonna tell you about what we've been doing. As Lars said, we've been working on developing our own ventilator design, specifically one that's heavily based on Tesla car parts. We wanna use parts that we know really well, we know the reliability of, and we can go really fast and they're available in volume. So, so here's our kind of high level schematic design. You can see that all the red parts here are a Tesla vehicle parts, so we've used a lot of those. Um, what is a ventilator? A ventilator is a device that helps patients breathe who can't breathe well for themselves, and it does that by forcing air into their lungs with a pressure or a volume control, and then they exhale passively. And now I'll take you to our first round of prototype that we developed, um, and Guru can talk you through that on the bench here. Hi, everyone. So I'm gonna walk you through the first prototype we've built. So this is the hospital grade supply uh, of air that is going into a mixing chamber, which is a car part that we use in our uh, vehicles. This is where the oxygen and the air mixes together. And then it passes through a wall body, uh, which, use, uh, which is used to uh, create the waveforms, the pressure and the volume waveforms. Uh, then the air coming out of this wall body goes to a bunch of sensors. So this is a flow rate sensor, this is a pressure sensor. Uh, it then goes through a filter and goes into the patient's lung. And then carbon dioxide is put into that air and then goes through the exhale pipes and goes through a set of sensors uh, and then goes through the exhale valve, which is used to throttle the pressure of the lung so you always keep a positive pressure on the lung so which helps the COVID-19 patients to uh, breathe keeps their lungs open um, so yeah that's the Tesla ventilator first prototype and now I'm gonna put you over to Ben who's gonna show you the packaged version of the same this system is powered by the model 3 infotainment system up here at the top we have a model 3 center display touchscreen this touchscreen is powered by the Model 3 infotainment computer in here, which controls Model 3 vehicle controllers. These vehicle controllers talk to these precision variable valves on this single piece manifold, which we designed to be easy to put together. This gives us three different ways to control what's happening to the patient. Pressure regulated volume control, pressure control, or volume control for the most amount of flexibility for the most acute patients out there. We also put in on the bottom a backup system. So with an O2 tank, our backup battery, and the air compressor, you get 20 to 40 minutes to move that patient where you need to, to give them the care that they deserve. Now coming back up to the top, let's see what's happening on the UI. First of all, we've got a respiratory uh, simulator right here. It's basically simulating what a lung does. Um, 
it has a various amounts of compliance and is breathing. That breath is actually being plotted out up here. We have three plots for pressure, flow, and volume. And you can see the line moving across as the lung is breathing. Now, if something happens to the lung and constricts it, you can see the pressure waveforms change overlaid on the history of the previous 12 seconds. That's important so a doctor can see if they're improving or something's going wrong. There's still a lot of work to do, but we're giving it our best effort to make sure we can help some people out there. I love how these awesome, much smarter than me people are thinking about this. They don't have time to start from scratch on, on a ventilator. You know, Elon's normal first principles problem solving can't apply here. And they wanna build something that doesn't take much from the existing ventilator supply chain. So in other words, they're trying to find a way to really add to the solution that, that the, the medical industry needs right now, rather than just be competing for the same raw materials, the same raw parts. So they MacGyvered the heck out of a pile of Model 3 parts, and it's just so cool to see. I mean, it sounds sappy here, but it's true. The Model 3 now protects your life on the road uh, passively and actively can help save it in the hospital. Just a, a wonderful job by the Tesla engineering team here. So just a, a, a wonderful tip of the cap. This is awesome. Next up this week, while we're on the subject of the virus as it specifically pertains to Tesla, I believe protocol.com was the first to report this, that Tesla expects to resume normal operations on May 4th, which would mean about a six-week total shutdown. According to protocol, Tesla will reduce salaries and furlough non-essential employees who are unable to work remotely until the automaker can reopen factories shuttered by coronavirus lockdowns, according to an email sent to employees earlier this week. The email provided to protocol by two workers at the company's Fremont factory said the company will begin furloughs on Monday, that's uh, tomorrow as I publish this podcast, and expects to resume normal production at U.S. facilities on May 4th, quote, barring any significant changes, end quote. Furlough workers will retain their health care benefits in the meantime, according to the email from North American HR leader Valerie Capers Workman. Tesla will temporarily reduce pay for salaried employees through the second quarter of the year, the email said. Executives at the vice president level and above will see a pay cut of 30%. Directors and above will see a 20% cut and, quote, everyone else will be docked 10%. The company will also pause its merit review cycle, pay raises, and stock grants. And that's the end of the excerpt from their report. Now, obviously, furloughing workers is never good news, but at least Tesla has the good sense to take the biggest bite out of the higher-ups. Uh, pausing merit increases and performance reviews seemingly makes a lot of sense heading into this because because it's just we're heading into this period of uncertainty now because even if business does resume on May 4th the near term economic future even as it pertains to Tesla may be uncertain we don't know what the car buying appetite's going to be uh we we don't know quite where the model Y production ramp is going it's going to be uh, a lot of question marks even coming out of this whenever that's possible if that's even possible by May 4th, because uh, the shelter-in-place orders here in the Bay Area are currently uh, up to about that time, the beginning of, of May, but it is entirely possible 
that they may be extended into or even through May. So no, no done deal, but Tesla's plan, if they can, uh, if they can do it, they want to reopen on May 4th. But regardless, here is hoping that Tesla is able to get through not just obviously the shutdown, but the, the economically unpredictable future that's going to be coming after this without any layoffs. Furloughs are, are certainly not desirable, but layoffs are obviously far, far worse. So here's hoping that the Tesla can avoid those. Let's move on to some happier news, and I promise no more virus talk this week. Automotive teardown expert Sandy Monroe, I told you about him last week, he has been continuing his teardown of the Model Y to share his uh, his expertise, pardon me, and evaluate Tesla's design choices, uh, particularly with regard to manufacturing and assembly of the Model Y. So I have a few more clips from him this week. Again, check out his videos. Just look up Monroe Live on YouTube, and Monroe is spelled M-U-N-R-O. So here's the first clip I have for you with Sandy talking about the rear of the Model Y, specifically with regard to the third row of seating that we're expecting to see, uh, at least by Tesla's current estimation, in 2021. I told you about a rumor I heard that it could be Q4 of this year. But in any case, here's Sandy on the third row option. Okay, here we are at the, um, uh, the back end of the, the Tesla Model Y. And uh, the first thing I want to do is I want to show you what we think is happening with the third, three rows of seats. Uh, we know that there's a third row in here, and we're pretty sure it's going to be rear-facing. So let's take out the, um, the two uh, closeouts here and, and show you what we think is going to be um, uh, the way that kids and, uh, and agile adults, even old guys, are going to get into here. So I think that... Uh, I think this is it. And quite frankly, you can see I've got a little bit of headroom. I'm hoping nobody goes over some big bumps, but at the end of the day, this is uh, semi-comfortable for, uh, for an old guy who's uh, average size. <clears throat> I didn't have a problem getting in, and I probably, and I don't, get a pro I don't have a problem getting out either. It's got a little storage things on each side, which means that if you put the kids in here, you can do something about, um, hmm, trying to keep them occupied. I find it interesting that Sandy, as an unbiased, non-Tesla guy, industry observer, assumes that the third row will be rear-facing. That was why I wanted to play this clip. Sandy clearly has not seen the prototype, nor does he know that the third row in that prototype is forward-facing. He's just looking at this car fresh, with, but with his highly trained eye and calling it like he sees it. You know, this came up in the Ride the Lightning hotline last week, and I was in agreement with the caller. Rear-facing does seem to make a lot more sense for this, having been in the car myself uh, in the prototype, and I know a lot of you out there now are starting to take delivery of, of the proper production model. I think it's going to be interesting to see if Tesla has rethought this since the prototype, because as we learned from the ventilator clip earlier in the, in the show here, and we have seen from Tesla a million times over, Tesla is full of super smart people. So anyway, uh, I'll say again, go watch. There are, as of the recording, I think there are 15 parts so far to his teardown, and he's not done. 
Definitely encourage you to go watch them. Here's another clip. Again, just a little excerpt, little clip. Uh, here's Sandy explaining how the new heat pump in the Model Y works. I know that's been a, an interesting subject of discussion around the Tesla community. It's a, a nice new advancement for the Model Y. And here is Sandy explaining how it works. So you can, we, I know I learned something. Hopefully you will too. Uh, I'm going to give you the simplest kind of explanation for how this heat pump works. Over here we have a compressor. The compressor is going into the body of the heat pump. The heat pump or the compressor will crush, crush the gas down because it comes in as a gas. <clears throat> it'll, crush, it'll crush that down and then it'll send it out in this pipe. This pipe will be hot and it'll make a choice as to whether to go into the condenser or whether it's going to go up here and into the body of the car. If it goes into the car, you're heating the car. If it goes by it, it's going to be in here. Then that means that it's trying to chill down that heat so that we can, uh, we can, we can use it for air conditioning later on. When the, um, <clears throat> when the gases, when the liquid, I should say, turns into gases, then what happens is it comes back on this bigger tube, goes back into the compressor and the cycle is, uh, is returned. So now what we can see here is just a basic introduction, I guess, to how a heat pump works. I recommend, if you're really interested in it, go and have, have a look on the, uh, on the internet for heat pumps and you can find out all the, uh, all the other things like dispersal valves and things like that. <clears throat> this is, um, I think it's a, a good idea to have the heat pump as opposed to the uh, PTC heaters and all the other stuff that they had inside, so I'm pretty happy about that. Again, I've been totally fascinated by these videos because it's, you're not just seeing a Model Y ripped apart, which is not something you see every day. But for me, I think it's interesting because you can really learn about how your Tesla is made. It's super cool. And right there, he explains how that new heat pump works. One more Sandy Monroe clip for you. Uh, and this one is about the two-piece uh, casting in the rear of the car. That's uh, one of the new, really new manufacturing elements to the Model Y. And spoiler, he likes it. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk a little bit about things that make me happy. Let's start with this casting. <clears throat> so in aircraft, we use a lot of castings uh, for some structural, but mostly it's non-structural kinds of products. And, um, and this is a kind of, uh, uh, it, it looks a little bit like that type of casting technique. Now, people will look at this and say, oh, it's one big giant piece, but it's not. It's actually two pieces, and if you count this bracket for sure, three pieces. Three pieces to make that uh, two-piece casting go together. So, so let's, let's have a look at what we're getting out of this. Let's look down here and you can see that um, we've got uh, some nice features here that, uh, that put the seat in place. Those are brackets that I don't have to build. I don't have to buy stamping dies for. That's, that's a good idea. Let's have a, look at, um, let's have a look at those two white mark things that I've got over there. Could that be where the uh, rear facing seats could go? We can't see anything that says that we're gonna be putting uh, front facing seats but we sure can see where it could be uh, a potential there for rear-facing feet. So let's look over at what else we've got here. So let's look at these attachment points. These are brackets that I don't have to weld on. 
and they're plenty strong. And you can see they're just cast in place. Lots of things can happen if you use castings, uh, especially in aluminum. Now, I don't know exactly uh, whether this is a common thickness. You can see here that it's thicker in this area, which would also tell me that maybe this is a seat point. So anyways, it's thicker in this area, <clears throat> but overall in the normal webs and whatnot, it looks like it's about three millimeters, maybe three and a quarter, three and a half. And then the rest of it uh, is bigger where it needs strength. This is a lot of good stuff here. I like that. I wanted to play that one since I had said when, when his whole process was starting that I was eager to hear what he thought of that, of the unique, simple, new two-piece casting that's in the rear of the Model Y. And as you heard, he is once again very impressed, and it's a theme that you're going to hear if you watch all of his videos. He's continually impressed, uh, particularly from the, the evolution of the construction of the early Model 3 that he tore down to this uh, early build Model Y over the course of three years. He's super, super impressed. There just seem to be a lot of s subtle, and I guess when you tear the car down, not so subtle improvements to the construction of the vehicle. So again, one more plug for him. Check out Monroe Live on YouTube if you want to watch all of these, any of these, pick and choose. There's some really interesting stuff in there for any Tesla fan. Next this week, the white hat hacker Green the Only, that's his Twitter handle if you're curious to follow him. Well, he's been busy snooping around once again in the bowels of the Tesla firmware, and he's found a couple of interesting things. So both of these should, and I just want to underline that word, should, not definite guaranteed, but should be coming in a near future software update. Actually, the second one is, <laughs> that I'll say is guaranteed. Uh, in fact, no, they've both since come out since I took my notes. So they these are both real for sure. Uh, first up, in the newer build Model S and Model X performance cars, the Raven models, which as I think about it now, uh, the Ravens were introduced last April, so they are now a year old. Anyway, the Ravens are getting an improved, easier launch mode with what Green refers to as a cheetah stance, which I have to say, I very much like that name. The new adaptive suspension that's in the Ravens now can lower the front axle of the car and tell you that it recommends that you set the car suspension overall to low. So it's down low and the front crouches even lower. And then it's the same, hold the brake, hold the accelerator, release the brake to launch the car. And uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how quick the quarter mile times somebody can get with these on a fully charged, warmed up battery with sticky tires, with lightweight wheels like say the 21 inch arachnids. Uh, Brooke from Drag Times, that YouTube channel, he got an early sneak peek at the this updated launch mode, and he was able to shave, I think it was about seven-tenths off of the, uh, I believe it was the quarter mile time, or was it the zero to 60? Now I don't have it in front of me, but so he got a little bit quicker out of it, and it did, there was a measurable difference in there. Second, Green also added, and again, this has since come to fruition, that he says, MGM has spoken, and HAL 9000 is forbidden, parentheses, those pesky IP rights. So there's a new sentry mode icon. And yes, there is indeed the new sentry mode icon. So if you've got sentry on 
and somebody walks up to the car and you get the, the just the big HAL 9000 glowing red eye on the uh, center touch screen that says recording in progress. Well, now it is, go figure, another cool pop culture reference. It's the robot turret eye from Portal, one of the greatest games of all time. If you've never played, particularly Portal 2, I mean, the first one's great. It's definitely worth hunting down. It can be found pretty cheaply at this point, and it's about a, uh, I guess, what, a, anywhere from 90 minutes to three hours long, depending on how uh, how quickly you get through the puzzles in the game. But Portal 2 in particular, as a quick aside, is one of, I think, the greatest video games ever made. I cannot recommend it enough, even to this day. It holds up amazingly well. And hey, Elon, uh, if you were out there listening to this, I know you're not, but I was just up at Valve, so I, I can I can flex a little on that and say, <laughs> and Valve's the developer of Portal. So I know all those people. So if Valve gives gives you any grief, Elon, about, about using a, a Portal turret eye for sentry mode, let me know. I can try to broker the piece there. Uh, one other side note while we're on this subject, since I know I have a lot of tech savvy and, and uh, video game fans out here, if you have VR capability, if you have a virtual reality headset at home, you absolutely must, must play Half-Life Alex. It is bar none the greatest virtual reality game ever made thus far by a mile, and the story all I'll say is the story is phenomenal. So, all right, end, end of that little video game aside. Let's get, let's move on with Tesla news. More good stuff. Kelly Blue Book has released their annual Brand Image Awards. Kelly Blue Book releasing its 2020 Brand Image Awards as Teslarati notes, which are aimed at recognizing the automakers who, quote, excel in creating and maintaining brand attributes that create excitement about their products, end quote. The results come from over 12,000 new vehicle shoppers who contribute to the company's decisions on its awards for car makers. Tesla dominated, as again Tesla Roddy reports, the best luxury brands portion of the awards, taking home, <clears throat> I gotta clear my throat here because there's a lot to go over, taking home the titles of best overall luxury brand, best value luxury brand, most refined luxury brand, best performance luxury brand, and best styling luxury brand. It fell just short of the most trusted luxury brand award, which was given to Lexus. The latest uh, Kelly Blue Book Awards marks the first time Tesla has won the best overall luxury brand title from the publication. So thank you, Tesla Roddy, for that report. Almost a clean sweep right there. I would imagine that no autom automaker has ever taken five out of the six categories in these audience-influenced awards before. And I say, hey, I mean, I'm a Tesla fanboy, but I say they're well-earned. Sure, they're subjective, but when you win five out of the six categories, that is definitely making a statement. Hey, maybe next year with the Model Y out there to fill out the lineup, Maybe Tesla will be able to go six for six. We'll see. More good news this week. The Model Y can now be ordered with a tow hitch. Yes, it is there. It is for real. 
It can tow up to 3,500 pounds on any configuration. I was in the uh, design studio just poking around. Even the 21-inch Uber turbine wheels on the performance package on the performance model, 3,500 pounds. Uh, and I have to say, a couple things here. One, that didn't take long. The car's been in production for eh, yeah, less than a month. The first deliveries were around the 14th or so of last month, the middle of the middle of uh, March there. So last less than a month in, Tesla is offering a tow hitch option. And uh, the option though, it's not cheap. It's a thousand dollars for that tow hitch, that whole setup. But uh, the the real thing here is that I'm worried about on behalf of my audience is a retrofit for granted, yes, this is only in the grand scheme of things, what maybe a few thousand existing owners so far at best. And of those, how many of them would actually want the tow hitch option? Let's say generously, maybe half. So we're not talking about a large group of people here, but nevertheless, I really hope that those early adopters get taken care of because they should not be punished for having, in a number of their cases, put down their money months and months ago, or even upwards of a year ago, and taking delivery of one of the first Teslas. Now, uh, there's another thing that that's that I'll say Tesla really needs to fix because the I'm not saying they need to fix the this situation with the existing owners. They just need to address it. They haven't even, to my knowledge, they haven't said anything yet, but there is one thing that Tesla needs to fix on this. There are still plenty of the aforementioned early adopters who haven't received their Model Y yet, and apparently those folks, if they ordered early enough last year and they were able to lock in a cheaper price on the full self-driving option, that was in fact touted as one of the perks of putting in your Model Y order early. Remember, the Model Y never had reservations. It only just ever had orders for $2,500. So uh, those people locked in the cheaper full self-driving price, which has since gone up $1,000. And evidently, those folks, if they go in to edit their configuration, they are being charged the higher full self-driving price of $7,000. Uh, so in addition to the extra thousand that they would have to pay for the tow hitch. So that to me, first of all, is, is I don't think it's right. I think you should, you should honor that price, the, that lower full self-driving price for those people. However, I will say, I think based on Tesla's track record of generally doing the right thing, by their customers. This seems like an oversight to me. This doesn't seem like an intentional thing to try and get another $1,000 out of the early order holders on this. But nevertheless, I feel that Tesla needs to make that right for the all the people, the thousands and thousands of people who put down $2,500 months and months ago. So here's hoping that Tesla is addressing that behind the scenes now and We'll very soon have a, uh, a solution rolled out and, and uh, let those order holders know. Finally this week, this is the last thing on the list, a quick note from Elon on Twitter that the anticipated battery day, where of course Tesla plans to go over all of its latest battery technology advancements, 
has uh, un, unsurprisingly been pushed back in the wake of the factory shutdown and, and everything that's going on in the world right now. He says that may occur in mid-May, so about a, a one-month pushback at this point. We'll see if it ends up being delayed any further than that. But for now, uh, erase the mid-April time frame that you had circled in your calendar and, and again, keep it in pencil for mid-May. All right, that's everything I've got for you in this week's Tesla news. Stick with me, though. I've got plenty of your excellent phone calls. We'll talk about what you want to talk about in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this. Time for your Tesla questions, comments, and discussion topics here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you want to call in, I welcome it. I invite you to call in and participate. Love to hear from you folks. You can call me in one of two easy ways anytime. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record a question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less, and you can email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send that same 90-second or less question over to the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. It's a toll-free 800 number that you can dial up on the phone or Skype. That number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Let's start with Jeremiah in Wisconsin, who wants to talk about that Wi-Fi garage door opening feature that was mentioned last week. Go ahead, Jeremiah. Hi, Ryan. This is Jeremiah Parvey calling from Brookville, Wisconsin. I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. I currently don't own a model or any uh, Tesla vehicle, but I'm hoping to in the future. Um, I was just calling regarding the comment you made about the Wi-Fi garage door openers. Um, I did recently purchase a Chamberlain MyQ um, adapter for my old garage door opener, and it works pretty seamlessly. I'm sure there's a lot of other aftermarket garage door openers or adapters uh, to use the Wi-Fi signal, um, but I'm able to use my phone then to open or close the garage door. And on top of that, it sends me a message saying it's either open or closed and for how long it's been open or closed for. Um, I'm sure Tesla could probably come up with an app or some type of implementation to use this as it it does work with Google Home and other and Amazon Alexa and other um, brands. Um, Just a thought as uh, something you can use in the future with Tesla cars. Just throw it out there. Have a good day. Bye. Jeremiah, thank you very much for this call. I've learned something here. If retrofitting existing garage door openers is is both doable and easy as you experienced because I just had no idea I, I sort of assumed you needed to buy a whole new garage door opener that had it built in, then maybe that's going to be a cheaper way to go for people than paying Tesla $300 for the Homelink upgrade whenever Tesla does add the Wi-Fi garage door opening to the car via a software update. And by the way, that software update is clearly on Tesla's roadmap. 
Apparently, it's not too far away because Elon tweeted this week in response to someone asking about this very thing. He said, coming soon. So there you go. I that's uh, I appreciate the, the education there, Jeremiah. Now I know that it turns out maybe Homelink will just be kind of a relic of the past as far as uh, Tesla goes, as more and more people either have new garage door openers or just add the, the Wi-Fi to it. Good stuff. Michael from Milbrace on the subject of Wi-Fi uh, uh, is next, and he wants to talk about the Wi-Fi that's built into the new version of the Tesla high-powered wall charger. Go ahead, Michael. Hey, Ryan. It's Michael from Milbrae. I, uh, before, before the world went pear-shaped, I got um, the new uh, home wall connector uh, in, installed and wanted to give an actual answer on what the Wi-Fi uh, is used for. Um, you can have more than one uh, wall connector on the same circuit, uh, each one capable of providing up to the maximum power of the circuit, uh, but with the different wall connectors communicating over Wi-Fi in order to share that that maximum load uh, so that they don't trip the circuit breaker. Um, that functionality existed with the second-gen wall connector as well, but uh, was over a hardwired connection. On the third-gen uh, connector, it's over Wi-Fi. Unfortunately, that means that the second and third-gen aren't compatible with one another for this functionality. Uh, and so while I intended to only buy uh, one third-gen wall connector to pair with my second-gen wall connector, I ended up having to buy a second as well and replace the, uh, the previous connector. But, um, but it, does, it does work well, and it's uh, um, nice to see that uh, they have some functionality uh, that they can they can build on in the future, and and hopefully they'll add monitoring and, and other features using the Wi-Fi as well. But but for now, the current existing functionality is load sharing. Uh, so there you go. Stay safe. Wash your hands. That is an extremely helpful real-world explanation of that built-in Wi-Fi on the new wall connectors, Michael. Thank you very much for that. I'm really bummed that the new ones aren't really backwards compatible with the old ones in a sense to <laughs> to use a video game term, but this is it's really good information to know for multi Tesla households of which as I've said a number of times before, now with the Model Y coming out, I think we are going to see a large increase in the number of multi Tesla households. Thanks again, Michael. Al from South Florida is up next, and he's considering a Model Y. Let me see if I can help him out. Go ahead, Al. Hi, Ryan. This is My name is Al from South Florida. I hope, first of all, everyone is staying safe. Hopefully, this uh, virus will pass quickly. I have a question. I'm not a Tesla owner, but I'm seriously considering purchasing the Model Y. I've looked at tons of videos, and I've been watching or listening to your podcast for the last maybe month or two. Really, very much enjoy it. I have a question. Has anyone ever uh, asked Tesla to make the screen on the Model 3 and Model Y swivel so that you can angle it more towards the driver? I have uh, actually rented a Tesla Model 3 for a weekend and very much enjoyed it. And I noticed that the far end of the screen, really to navigate to those regions, you really had to take your eyes off the road. And I would think that if you would have maybe... 10 or 20 degrees of angle where you could swivel it 
and maybe lock it in place so it's facing the driver, it would be much easier to get to and a lot easier to see. Just want to know your thoughts, and maybe you can put that out there, maybe a suggestion that Tesla will take into consideration. Thanks again. I look forward to listening to your podcast on Sunday morning. Thank you. Al, welcome to the podcast. Uh, This is a very reasonable suggestion for the very safety reason that you mentioned. Everybody's different. I have long, weird, gangly arms, so I can kind of reach over pretty easily to the other side of the screen, but uh, not everybody can, and you mentioned taking your eyes off the road. So here's the thing. I, I will say, in my honest opinion, and that is all it is, is an opinion, but I don't see Tesla making a change anytime soon. And if they do, I can't imagine it would be a swivel option. It's almost certainly going to remain fixed. Now, that said, there are aftermarket solutions to this. Others have felt the way you have and taken it upon themselves to work up a solution. Now, as I tell you about this, a quick fair warning up front. If you do this, it may void your warranty. I, I presume so, but I don't actually know for sure. So just as the as the caveat up front. But if you look up I1 Tesla, like the letter I, the number one, I1 Tesla, that's the channel. I1 Tesla tilted Tesla touchscreen on YouTube, which I have to I have to salute I1 Tesla for the excellent use of alliteration right there. But I1 Tesla tilted Tesla touchscreen, look that up on YouTube, you will find a good video of a kit that's made by Tech Forum that uh, I, the i1 Tesla channel showed, did a video of installing it and it tilts the screen towards the driver a bit. So uh, it, it, it just adjusts the angle there. That sounds like it's what you're looking for. And it even, I've watched the video, it seems like it's relatively straightforward. Like you don't have to do any major surgery and hack, you know, really <laughs> digging into your car to get it to work. It, it is doable. So uh, if that helps, I, I hope that helps. And hey, if you do in, decide to go ahead with that Model Y purchase, I very much hope that you enjoy it. Thanks again, Al. John from Irvine is up next, who has a question about the referral program. Go ahead, John. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? This is John from Irvine, California. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. I had a quick question about the Tesla referral program and uh, sweepstakes raffle for winning the Model Y and the Roadster. Have you heard of anybody winning this or have they started doing the raffles yet? I can't seem to find anything online. And I've talked to my rep and they have no idea either. I uh, was just wondering if you knew, if you knew something because you know everything. Um, I only ask because I'm sitting on 28 referrals and uh, curious to see if I will actually win something, which would be totally awesome. Anyways, um, I just wanted to thank you for all your hard work, and uh, I really, really enjoy your podcast. So thank you very much. Hi, John. Yes, indeed. An owner from Taiwan posted the email online that they received after winning a Model Y in that monthly Model Y referral program drawing. So those giveaways are indeed happening. I'll tell you, it sounds like you've got a good number of tickets in the till there, so to speak. So, hey, I wish you luck. Hopefully your name will come up one of these times. Cheers, John. Lawton from Chicago, our old friend Lawton, possibly the longest active regular caller of this podcast. I love Lawton, love hearing from him. Now, he sees a silver lining, as he often does, 
in this case, in the Tesla factory shutdown. Here's Lawton to talk about it. Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. Want to talk about the potential silver lining from the Fremont factory shutdown. With no vehicle production allowed, this may allow Tesla to update production lines and Model Y enhancements to more quickly be incorporated in other Tesla vehicles. With the Model 3 about to turn 3 years old in July, the time appears right for a significant hardware update. The Model Y is a major performance and range compared to the Model 3, as the Model Y long range with 19-inch wheels has a 316-mile range, while the Model 3 long range with 18-inch wheels gets 322. This is likely from new motors and possibly new battery chemistry. The question I'd like to pose is, how do you think Tesla will use Model Y technologies in the Model 3? Will they prioritize profit margin and number of vehicles produced over performance and range? Tesla could potentially improve their profit margins by reducing the number of battery cells in a new Model 3 and still achieve similar or modestly better performance and range. However, I think Tesla will instead aim higher to substantially increase their lead compared to their competition. The upcoming plan mode upgrade in the Model S will likely enable significant improvements to tune up 0 to 60 in the low 2 seconds and a 400 plus mile range. This will allow sufficient differentiation performance so that a new Model 3 could have a potential 0 to 60 in the low 3s and range at 350 plus miles. Hopefully, the entire Tesla family will get to have Christmas come early this year. Thanks for helping keep everyone's spirits up with Tesla tidings and treats every week. Look forward to your thoughts. Hi Lawton, great stuff as always, and I love your positivity. To answer your question about whether Tesla will prioritize profit margin per car over performance, history suggests that they might be able to have their cake and eat it too on that and accomplish both at once. Their better improved components tend to be cheaper than the version one parts that they replace, so we've seen it in the past, Tesla is often able to pass the improved features and the performance along to the customer while also making a higher profit margin per car. And if we've learned anything about this company over the years, it's that they do not stop and rest on their laurels. They are always pushing forward, which is why they've arguably uh, increased their lead over the competition by any definition, whether it's market share in the EV space, whether it's technology, whether it's innovation, whether it's uh, customer desirability, you name it. But they have increased their lead over the competition with, as, with more time and more experience. That's The curve is just going in the proper direction for Tesla. It's bad news for everybody else. But anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what starts coming out of the Tesla factory once it has been reopened for car production, whether it's on May 4th or ends up being later. Thank you, Lawton. One more call this week. It comes to me from Victor in New Jersey. Let me hear from my Victor in my home state of New Jersey. Go ahead, Victor. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. This is Victor from New Jersey. I listen to your podcast um, every week, and I love it. Thank you for the great work. And also, last week, you mentioned you were receiving uh, less phone calls, so... I wanted to express uh, our gratitude and that we are always uh, thinking of you. Uh, anyway, I was just reading an article on uh, Inside EVs, and it says, one month later, Tesla Model Y hitches, hitch cost $1,000. But why now? 
And I just want to know your opinion on uh, this article says they didn't mention anything about charging a thousand dollars extra for the tow hitch, and they didn't even mention it uh, ever. So now they're charging a thousand, and uh, I want to know your opinion on that. Keep up the good work and take care. Bye. Hi, Victor. I tell you, I do agree that it's very odd to introduce it so early into production but not have it right from the get-go. You know, it was less than a month, as I talked about earlier on the podcast. Now, then again, I don't want to seem like I'm just, you know, putting Tesla in, in a position where it's impossible to win because I wouldn't want them to just sit on it because some nudnik like me on the internet says, well, the timing is strange, and they th- and have them go, okay, well, we'll just wait longer to make it seem more appropriate, like it, like it couldn't have been ready for launch. So, you know, it's it's a it's a strange sort of spot for them to be in. But there, the, the likely explanation, I think, is just if we look at Tesla's mo, they're always moving forward, and they're moving forward typically very quickly, and they introduce changes on the fly every week into the cars. So they had the Model Y ready for deliveries in March. They launched it. They got some Q1 revenue out of it. They get the production ramp going. And then ultimately in the grand scheme of things, as I accidentally whacked my keyboard there, sorry about that. In the grand scheme of things, 99.9% of all Model Y owners will have had the option to order it uh, right with the car on the design studio on the Tesla website. As I said earlier, though, I do just hope that Tesla takes care of those early adopters and offers them a retrofit for either the same price of $1,000 or perhaps even a little less. And to your question about the cost, well, it is clearly an extra parts and probably mostly labor cost to them. So it's not a surprise that they're having to charge for it. But yeah, 1000 bucks. It's a it's a metal bar. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to pretend like I know everything about manufacturing just cuz I've watched some Sandy Monroe videos, but you know, a thousand is not cheap, but I guess in the in the sort of long-term life of the car, if you do want to do some towing, it's it's uh it's what? It's the same price as a paint option, basically. If you're if you're getting any other color but but the default white paint. Thank you, Victor. Thanks to everybody that called in. Again, if you'd like to participate in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, I welcome it. I invite you to participate. I gave you the two easy call-in methods at the top of this segment, so uh, listen back if you missed those, and we'll do some more phone calls next week. But first, there is one more phone call coming up in just a minute after I come right back, tell you what I'm up to, and then I'll give you the pro tip of the week which will come at you right after this. Well, like a lot of you right now, I presume my car continues to sit mostly unused in the garage, but it is time. It's time for me to wash the car. It was out in the rain a little bit when I did take it out last week, so... It is going to feel good to get down there and clean it, even if no one's going to see it really for uh, for the majority of the time. But yes, I always love washing my car. You guys know that from listening for a while. And 
It'll be nice. It'll feel good. Uh, real quick, at the again, at the suggestion, the continuing suggestion of Stefan from Monterey crossing over from my video game world while we're all locked away, uh, quarantining safe at home. Wanted to give a, a quick video game plug for just a, a recommendation, I guess would be the, the better way to put it. And this week, all right, this one is not maybe as uh, family friendly. It's uh, there's some darker, there's no profanity or violence here really, but the it's the themes are pretty dark, sort of literally and figuratively. But if you've never played a game called Inside, it's, it's a game from 2016. It should have won IGN's Game of the Year that year. I voted for it, but it didn't win, sadly. Inside is one of the three, It's th- or I should say three of the most incredible hours you will ever spend in front of a video game, in my opinion. I reviewed it, I gave it a 10, and I don't, I've only ever given two 10 out of 10s in my almost eight years now at IGN. But Inside is, uh, it is a sort of, puzzle platformer of sorts, but it tells an amazing story, a very thought-provoking story uh, without using any dialogue. It is it is one of the prettiest games you will ever look at. The art direction is amazing. The animation's incredible, but it's uh, 20 bucks. You may even be able to find it for less. It's on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PC, or Nintendo Switch as well. However you play it, though, I highly recommend playing in a quiet room, in the dark, with headphones on. Uh, the, the the sound design is impeccable in this game, and I think you will thank me later if you have just sort of no other noise going on around you and you're, you've got headphones. So enjoy Inside if you have not played that one. All right, now for a pro tip of the week about Tesla. Justin from Vancouver, Washington has a pro tip here. Go ahead, Justin. Hey, Ryan, this is Justin from Vancouver, Washington. Just got a pro tip for you. Do not put aftermarket subwoofer and amplifier in a Tesla Model 3. If you do, it will trick the uh, system into thinking that the 12-volt battery needs to be replaced, and the Tesla service center will not help you. They will make you remove the aftermarket stereo system and put the stock one back in. Uh, this is a good tip because it cost me $2,000 to put a uh, bumping stereo in my Performance Model 3, and now I have to take it back out and put the old one in. Thank you. Great podcast. Keep it up. Bye. Justin, I am very sorry that that happened to you. Thank you, though, for passing along that wisdom. I would hope that there's some way you can customize the sound system in a Tesla without having the car or the service center yell at you about it. But nevertheless... Appreciate the tip there. And again, uh, I also am welcoming anytime your pro tips of the week. If you've got something interesting that you've learned about your Tesla that maybe isn't obvious, that might be of interest to your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please send it in the same way that you send in the phone calls. So either using your smartphone's built-in voice recording software or dialing the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline number that I gave you earlier. All right, it's just about time to get out of here. Let me mention some friends of the podcast. First up, abstractocean.com, purveyors of awesome Tesla aftermarket products, such as I think really the one of the best things that they sell are their uh, aftermarket lighting kits. You can get crazy with it and do some cool colors, or if you just want to stick with a, a white light, they just are much brighter 
than the factory lights that are in the interior of your car. So, you know, those, those lights uh, underneath the, the, like the, the passenger glove box and the lights on, on, their, on the door panels on the interior of the car, all that stuff. They do much brighter versions and they look really good. They're easily installed. So they've got that stuff. Then they've got the vinyl wrap kits for the center consoles and the Model 3s and the Model Y. If you want to get rid of that, that easily scratched, easily fingerprinted, glossy piano black finish that the cars come with. Anyway, go to abstractocean.com, browse the whole site, pile everything that's of interest to you in your cart, and then use the coupon code RTL podcast at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. RTL podcast being one word right there. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections is open for business during this, doing excellent detailing work as always. So if you're looking for maybe a, a nice ceramic coating on your car so that you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years, uh, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections can do that for you. Maybe you want some paint correction. Take some of those either factory flaws out of the paint or ones that, you know, just get introduced, happen over time as you're cleaning it or what have you. Maybe you want to do paint protection film. Maybe you want to do all of that. Whatever you're up for, Immaculate Reflections has got you covered and they're offering discounts for listeners of this podcast to inquire about scheduling and those discounts you can contact Jeff via his website, which is irdetailing.com. And he's got a totally touchless, no contact, pickup, drop off thing set up. And he washes his hands all day, every day in his line of work because I've been in his shop. He has, you know, he, he can't even have dust particles, let alone dirt, because if any of that gets under the film, He's got to peel the film off and do it over again because he's a perfectionist and he would not stand for that. To, to, and I'm serious. He's redone pieces of my car uh, while he had it. So anyway, Immaculate Reflections, irdetailing.com. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL. That if you haven't already picked up a one of their uh, dash cam sentry mode kits, now might be a good time. You know, like I said, maybe you haven't even been using the sentry mode, the dash cam. You haven't bothered putting a USB in there. But now with the dash cam viewer, I'm telling you, it's like the functionality, it's it's really gone up a lot now that you can review those clips right in the car. So why not just do a, a, a fire and forget solution? You can do the 128 gigabyte kit or the 256 gigabyte kit from Pure Tesla. It's $49 for the former, $69 for the latter. Again, it's puretesla.com slash RTL. That's the website to go to. Again, comes fully formatted, works with Mac or PC. It's plug and play right out of the package, right into your car, no problem. And it uh, they ship free anywhere in the U.S. And then uh, just a, a reasonable shipping rate if you are international. Meanwhile, Jada with the wireless charging pad for Model 3, as well as the USB hub for both the Model 3 and then a slightly different version for the Model Y. If you've got either of those vehicles and are interested in either of those two things, you can get both through my referral link. I would kindly request that you use this link, which is getjada.com, Jada spelled J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash 
eight and their excellent sale continues. It's $10 off the USB hub if you use the coupon code, the promo code Jada Hub. It's $20 off the wireless charging pad if you use the promo code Jada Pad. So that's $30, but no, if you buy both, just use the coupon code, the promo code Jada Bundle, and you will get $40 off. So some really nice deals to be had there from Jada. You buy it once for the entire life of your car. That's it. So you you, you spend, uh, you, you take advantage of this good deal. You buy each of those products once, and then you've got them for the life of the car all set. And that, I think, is about it. Ah, if you're not already subscribing to the podcast, that's a totally free thing you can do. Just whatever podcast app, whatever service you're using to get this podcast, why not subscribe? Uh, it's, it's free and easy to do that way when a new episode drops, which is, of course, every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. It will notify you automatically. It'll, you'll get a push notification, and the podcast will will knock on your door politely rather than you having to remember to go out in the pouring rain and go look for it. So <laughs> subscribe on either Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. There's Stitcher. There's TuneIn, which is in the Teslas. There's Spotify. And then I've also got a YouTube channel, which again is just audio. Uh, the video is just the logo of the show. But if you do want to listen to your podcasts via YouTube. I do have a channel on there. Just search for Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you will find me very, very quickly. Finally, as Daisy the Boxer Puppy wakes up and takes a a big drink behind me, I want to uh, humbly point you to my Patreon page. If you uh, have been following the podcast for a bit and you're, you're impressed with the the podcast and the work that I put into it, like a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of love and enthusiasm goes into this. I would sincerely appreciate your support on Patreon if you are so willing and able. You can find out more on my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So as I go, I want to thank the Patreon producers. These are the folks that are uh, backing me at one of the higher tiers, which entitles them not only to their name shouted out every week, which I'm about to do now, but also a monthly bonus episode, all those extra Ride the Lightning hotline calls, as well as early access to each week's episode as well. So thank you very much to Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, 
Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, Ish, and Ramey from TeslaProTips.com. Thanks to all of you, sincerely, for your continued Patreon support. That will do it for me and a... Okay, hi, Daisy. She's uh, she's awake now for maybe another five minutes or so before she dozes back off. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, I wish you all the best. Hopefully you're able to enjoy your Teslas a little bit. Just sneak out here and there for a for a good you know, social distancing ride by yourself or with your family that's uh, that's in the house with you. Enjoy the cars, drive safe, happy electric motoring, and I will see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.